If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Hi, everyone. Carol Vassar here, welcoming you to the Nemours Champions for Children COVID-19 update for December 10th, 2020. Today, featuring Nemours psychologist, Dr. Megan Walls. She'll be talking about the psychological PPE required to protect yourself from what some are calling the COVID cloud of doom and gloom. And now here's your host, Dr. Jay Greenspan, Nemours incident commander in charge of coordinating the enterprise-wide response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks, Carol. I'm going to start with a situational update. This is sort of similar to what we do on Enterprise Incident Command uh, that we have once a week. So today is Wednesday, 12-9. First is about our hospital systems. The hospitals are stable but filling up, and they're filling up pretty dramatically. We went up from around 100 inpatients in Delaware to around 250 inpatients in Delaware. That's sort of the same thing that's going on in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Florida, that the hospitals are getting full, but it's a little different. There is still critical care beds, and some of that is because we've learned to treat COVID differently and more effectively. But it is escalating, and as you know, we've tried to flatten the curve. We talked a lot about that in March and April. We were successful through the summer. The reason to flatten the curve is to prevent the hospitals from being overwhelmed. And we're not seeing that now. We're seeing a very steep climb. The curve is not flattened. A lot of people are getting sick with COVID. So there is a point in time when our hospitals could run out of space. And we're starting to deal with that and starting to hear from our local agencies that there's some concern about that. The other concern that's sort of unique from last spring is that we have more healthcare workers getting sick. And so it may not be beds that we're running out of. It may be nurses and doctors and psychologists and other providers as they're getting sick. Uh, The second real point is that our associates are getting sick. And so we had 25 associates really evenly split between Florida and Delaware, uh, Delaware Valley last week. That's about the number we would get in a month. So we're basically four times more Uh, associates are getting sick. And that's really been consistent over the last three, four weeks. It's out there. You know it's out there. And so I am just asking you, begging you to do the things that we know protect ourselves. It's masking, it's distancing, it's washing your hands. And it's really just being smart. And I know it's tough. And Megan and I are going to talk about this in a second. I'm asking you to give it give it another month, another month of shutdown because the uh, last last uh, situational update is the vaccine is coming. Uh, we're we're, we're going to see tomorrow, hopefully, uh, a, a our first vaccine approved in the United States. If you were watching any news program last night, you you must have seen an old Brit say, "Well, it didn't even hurt because 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 England started the vaccine." Uh, yesterday, and they're they're getting they're getting to all the uh, people over 81st, and we're going to have a similar rollout in this country, healthcare workers and old people, and that's that. Hopefully, we'll start next week. 
we are doing a lot of work here around who's going to get it, how you're going to get it. But I think that's going to ramp up pretty quickly. And so I'm asking you to hunker down for the next month until a vaccine um, should hopefully be in your arm and then things will change. That's my situational update. And now my guest for this week. So joining me now is psychologist Dr. Megan Walls. Megan and I work closely together on many areas because she is involved with the governmental leads at, in the state of Delaware, and she's connected uh, connected with us with Chris Manning in Delaware for our governmental connections. But she's also a, a psychologist, and she's been out there speaking and talking to the world about the issues around personal protection. And what I'm talking about here is we've talked a lot about PPE, which are face masks and shields and gowns and gloves and distancing. And these can be very effective in keeping us physically safe, but these are stressful times. And so we're talking now about psychological PPE. And man, is this an issue that is hot right now and something we really need to talk about. So I'm, I'm going to ask Megan to join us now and give us your professional opinion on what are the, some, of the, some of the common experiences our associates are having in terms of their own psychological well-being right now. Megan. Thanks for having me, Jay. You know, I just want to go back to that psychological PPE comment. I think that's so important. I think we often think of masks and goggles and don't think about how we protect our emotions. And on that front, I just, I think that I want people to think about mental health as they think about their physical health. So thinking about how do we do things from a preventive lens, making sure we have support systems and we're sleeping and eating and, you know, um, following routines and these things that we know can be protective for mental health. But what we know, both from our associates, but also from research on healthcare workers, is that people are feeling incredibly overwhelmed. So I think all of us can relate to that who are in clinic and, and dealing with this, feeling a sense of hopelessness and going to what you said about having to hang in there. I think a sense of frustration because really we're bearing the weight of poor decision-making of others. So not just because we're frustrated because we see people doing things they shouldn't, but because then the healthcare system is being more overrun. So I think folks are feeling this. And I saw an article today actually where a psychologist called it the COVID cloud, this sort of feeling of like trying to juggle it all and dropping balls and becoming distracted, but also recognizing that that's sort of normal and being able to normalize that during a pandemic, we expect our associates to be feeling some stress. What are some of the ways associates can take care of themselves? So um, I think one thing is making sure that we're taking some space when we need it, even if it's not you know, optimal. So if you're not in clinic, you're not on call, turn your phone off, stop reading the news, stop scrolling social media. And, you know, we know what it says. So taking some time, but I also think some of these things that we all take for granted day to day have become harder during a pandemic. So making sure you're exercising, eating all three meals a day, sleeping when, and if you can, and also recognizing that if you're not doing well, if you feel like you can't sleep, you can't eat, um, I know we're going to talk a little bit later about sort of some of the things that we have for associates, but making sure that we consider that seeking support is really okay and that this is a really difficult time and we don't expect everyone to be doing great right now. By the way, Megan, I was uh, taking your advice and eating a lot. <laughs> I had to slow down. I didn't say eating all the snacks. I said eating three meals a day. Just three meals. Okay, I got it. Uh, right uh, so... <laughs> so I will say, and you know this, Megan, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. I know you're an extrovert and I'd like just like to hug people and I mean appropriately and, and just be, you know, be present all the time. Uh, I, I have to say personally, you know, I feel it. 
how can we, you know, how can we support one another through this? And by the way, I'm I'm personally just saying I need not another four to six weeks and I'll get the vaccine and things will be different. And maybe that's true or not, but it's just biding time and and recognizing that this is just a miserable, miserable event in our lives. Yeah, I mean, I think we can do a couple of things to support one another. One is making sure our associates have resources, um, but within your teams, making sure you check in, you know, call and text your other physician and psychologist and nurse friends and say, hey, how are you? And sometimes I think that also means asking harder questions. So saying things like, what was the hardest part of your day today? Or, you know, I heard this rough thing happen. Can we talk about it? Instead of just this are you okay? Or how are you? Because I think we're all sick of hearing, how are you? Right. The answer is, eh, like you said, probably not that great. Um, and then supporting people and taking those breaks, right. If someone says I need some space, I need some time making sure we're, we're sort of listening to that. And then another thing I think is just understanding that everyone's reality is so different here. We have associates balancing, working from home with kids at home, doing schooling. Some are, are, you know, two clinician families with people in clinics and they're trying to balance that. So really understanding everyone's reality is different and trying really hard, even though I know we all get in this, my situation is worse kind of um, position that we can understand what other people are going through and making sure that we're sort of normalizing that. Like you said, this is really hard. Um, Do you see any silver linings, psychological silver linings with this? Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing I've seen, and I think you and I can agree on this, we watched our leadership team come together and get things done within our organization that could have never been done this quickly before. And I think that outpouring of sort of teamwork and support has trickled through our whole organization. I think that clinical teams are really bolstering each other up. I think that we are seeing um, the support staff who is doing work uh, to make our lives easier. We are watching, you know, as this pandemic has put a spotlight on the fact that we need people to work together and sort of put away some barriers and red tape, right? And then the other thing I think when we're talking mental health is one of the things that I think about a lot is that mental health has been an issue and perhaps it's own pandemic for years and it's really getting put in the spotlight now. And so what we've seen from a behavioral health standpoint is that therapy is becoming less stigmatized. Doing telehealth is becoming okay. And so I think what we're what we're seeing a little bit of is this camaraderie, this teamwork, but also this acceptance that mental health is something we have to talk about and that we have to let people deal with. So, you know, I have seen people that look like they're struggling. I really don't know what to do to do for that. You know, I'll, I'll say the old, you know, how you doing thing. Fine. You know, it's not much of a conversation. So what do you suggest as, you know, an expert really in this? What can I do to support an associate or a friend who's who's struggling? So I think the first thing you can do is, it sounds a little bit cheesy probably, but ask their permission if you can offer some advice. So instead of, it seems like you're struggling, are you okay? Which they might not have an answer to that. I think, you know, especially if you are someone who knows perhaps about some of the resources we'll talk about saying, hey, can I just weigh in here? It seems like you're really stressed. Here are some things, you know, that I know we can offer, but also is there anything else I can do for you, right? Sometimes just that question. And I think especially from our supervisors and leaders, hearing them say to associates, like, what can we do? How can we help you is really important. But I also think that we need to make sure that we are promoting the things that we do have as resources within Nemours and making sure that folks can access those. Yeah. So what are those resources? Yeah. So um, a couple things. One that I think is really important is we worked really hard in the beginning of the pandemic to get 
our peer support program up and running. Karen Wolheider, who's a psychologist with the Delaware Valley area, has been the lead on that. And um, we'll make sure that these materials are easily accessible for people. But the peer-to-peer program is really made so that you can have another psychologist, physician, someone just to talk to. It is not therapy, but it is easily accessible. Um, It's free. And a lot of associates have been increasing their use of it and have said it's really helpful because sometimes what we need is to process something, right? So sometimes we don't need someone to fix it. Um, We just need to process. We also do have access to clinical care though, right? So we have our EAP program, which is employee assistance program. It's it's listed as resources for a living, but we have both telehealth options as well as some more intensive therapy options. So we do have those. There is a virtual resource fair. So I think that Mo is going to work on getting some of those things more available. There is the wellness channel on No More's Now. And if you look on TeamShare under the COVID page, there are mental health resources in general um, around COVID-19 as well. So those are even things, you know, uh, we tried to, when we start, started setting that up, not just put here's maybe free apps like Headspace that you could have access to, but also here's a discount code for North Face, right? So we're trying to make sure that we're supporting people across what they need by both supporting mental health from a purely support stance of peer support all the way through therapy and making sure that we also let our associates know that there are a lot of folks and organizations out there that are supporting healthcare workers during this time. There are a lot of resources. I have to say, I don't know if you feel the same way, that we just want people to feel comfortable reaching out to us. I mean, people reach out to me as incident command all the time. I got a couple emails last night. I, I don't mind. I, I just love love helping the people through this. We're all in this together. You're doing great work. You're all healthcare heroes. If there's anything I could do, I know, Megan, you feel the same way. Anything we can do to help people, we're on texts all the time, text chains of helping people through things like daycare or just struggles. And so we're here for you. I will. I, I do want to get to the last big issue and need your advice because we've had some questions on COVID-19 questions, which is the area where you can ask questions for us, COVID-19 questions at nomores.org. And one question came in that's really important to talk about as we shift from how we celebrate the holidays at work because of COVID, how can we celebrate both at work and at home, the, the big holiday coming up? So it's Christmas. We all, we all feel it. You know, we've all had decorated our trees inside and put the lights out and everything we can do or, or you know, Hanukkah or, you know, Kwanzaa. Uh, but how, you know, what's your advice on what we, should, we need to be doing in the next couple of weeks to celebrate? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you mentioned before we need to, unfortunately, sort of continue to be really careful over the next few months. And it's hard during the holidays. So one thing that I've actually told folks to do is discuss with your family your plan and kind of stick to it. And I think the same goes for your work family. So find ways, you know, that you can celebrate together. Don't have that large gathering in a group, even outside of work, even if it's tempting, making sure that we're when we are together, even if it's in small groups that we're masked and social distancing, but also being creative. And we've we've had to do this a lot in the pandemic. And so we know that. I know people are burned out of Zooms, but I think we can still find ways to connect with each other without putting each other at risk. You know, also, I think thinking about 
we, I, I picture my clinic in the hospital and there's often big plates of food dropped off and shared things. And I think we need to avoid that, even though that's hard. And also it might be hard to turn down things from family. So you might feel that a family goes to give you a gift and it doesn't feel safe. And I think having sort of a response in your head, which even might be thank you very much and putting it away. Right. Um, but I think we need to think about those things ahead of time, because I think the better response we can have, the less we worry about things like guilt and hurting people's feelings, because that's not our goal. Our goal is that we are trying very hard as a healthcare system to keep people safe and to make sure we're thinking about folks' mental health and how they're coping with these things as well. And it only takes one mistake to get sick. We've had associates getting sick and some of them are getting really sick and it's, it's for real. And frankly, Megan, I'd rather be now, December, than March when we're just starting. I think we see the end coming. I feel better just thinking about that than, you know, we had no idea how long this was going to last back in March and April. And I, I'm just impressed with the health, with the, the, the pharmaceuticals that, you know, that, that, <laughs> that vaccine looks pretty darn good and Moderna is coming along. And so is Johnson Johnson. So I'm really excited about it. I, for one, will not be hesitant to take that vaccine because I want to come around and give everybody shake their hands at least maybe a hug whatever i'm allowed to do i want to i want to show that i i miss everybody and yeah. megan any last words of advice or or um you know i'm sure we'll have you back but last yeah. words for the associates i mean i think the biggest thing is that i i just want people to hear that it's okay if you're not doing great that we have support systems that we we can help out and that like I said, you know, I think this COVID cloud, as they described it for healthcare workers, is real, and we want to make sure that everyone feels supported. So, um, like you said, you know, if I can help, if my team in psychology can help, if peer to peer can help, we're happy to. I also think it's important, you know, to know that if for whatever reason you feel that it's hard to ask for help inside and more, is there's help outside too. So Delaware, for example, has a hope line. It's 833-9-HOPE-DE. Um, it is not a crisis line. So it doesn't need to be that you're in crisis, but they um, actually have specific psychologists working with healthcare providers through that as well. So there is always support. There is always help. It is okay if you are struggling through this and we will keep doing our best to support people through this really difficult time. Well, thanks so much, Megan. You've been great. Uh, I've learned a lot and, and, you know, it makes me feel better just to know there's people thinking about this and, and, and that we're sharing this incredibly miserable time together with all our friends and associates. And hopefully we'll, we'll all be, you know, partying like it's 1999 in 2021. So with that, I, we, we have these weekly. Uh, we already have a great show lined up for next week. It's going to answer more questions. Carol, thanks so much for for producing this, and um, take care. Stay safe, everybody. Dr. Jay Greenspan is the Nemours Enterprise-wide Incident Commander for dealing with the pandemic. He was joined in conversation today by psychologist Dr. Megan Walls. Learn more about the psychological PPE resources available to all Nemours associates by visiting the Wellbeing channel on the Nemours Now app, the COVID-19 page on Nemoursnet, or by stopping by today's virtual wellness fair. Now, don't worry if you missed that wellness fair. You can see the recording after the fact on Nemoursnet. Also, check for the link to that, along with links to other psychological PPE resources in the show notes for this podcast episode.
Send your questions about COVID-19 to COVID19questions at Nemours.org. Over a thousand questions have already been answered, and who knows, we may choose yours to ask the incident commander on the next COVID-19 podcast update. Again, that's COVID19questions at Nemours.org. Tell your friends that the freshest, most up-to-date information about all things COVID-19 at Nemours may be found on this podcast and that the podcast is on their favorite podcast app. And a quick reminder to everyone, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Thanks to our production partners, Dr. Maureen Leffler, Sandra Herman, Cheryl Munn, Deborah Griffin, and Peter Adebe. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. On behalf of Dr. Jay Greenspan and Dr. Megan Walls, I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening, and please stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children we serve.